Welcome to Funeral Gurus Radio. I'm your host, Robin Heppel, from FuneralFuturist.com. We're continuing our series of pre-conference interviews for the ICCFA annual convention that is going to be held in Las Vegas, Nevada, from April 20th to 23rd. And today's guest is Todd Van Beck. Todd, are you there? I'm here, Rob. Good morning. How are you doing, Todd? I'm doing well, thank you, sir. Great. Now, Todd, I don't need to go into any introduction um, of, of your background and and uh, and everything that you've done for ICCFA and and for the funeral industry as a whole. Um, but today, I, you know, I th- I think we should just have a little bit of a chat. First of all, let's um let's talk about your presentation that you're going to be uh, that you're going to be giving at the at the convention next week, and uh, you are talking about the assassination and the funeral of Abraham Lincoln. So what, um, just a little bit of background on that, because I think it's, it's probably from talking to you earlier, one of the most, uh, kind of unique and, um, you know, the, the poor guy went through so many funerals and, and that, <laughs> um, can you just elaborate on, 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 on some of that, Todd? Well, sure. Um, this program was, uh, initially put together probably around, uh, 35 years ago. And it came about kind of as a merger between my love and interest in the life of Abraham Lincoln and uh, my love and interest in funeral service. And when I began to see that most every aspect of his life had been, you know, well documented except his funeral, and then when I discovered what a monumental ceremony this was, um, it just kind of gelled together, and um, it, it's really become one of the most um, um, attended and sought-after programs uh, that I have been uh, privileged to put together over the years, uh, because it tells uh, a fascinating story about our profession and things that were done on Lincoln's funeral, which were basically unheard of before his death, are still basically being done on funerals uh, to this very day. It it really set the cultural and the social uh, milieu uh, for how Americans uh, viewed uh, the ceremonies uh, uh, for for the average person who who was not uh, not famous, just the average American, um, such as you know the embalming and uh, the long procession and uh, uh, elaborate uh, ceremonies, etc. Uh, that kind of fell then into the mainstream of American life, and we we still see it. And also, it's appropriate that uh, we are doing this program uh, for for no other reason than this is Lincoln's 200th anniversary of his birth. And and actually, what's in, also interesting is this phone call is timely because 144 years ago tonight at around 10:15 he was shot and uh, and died uh, on the 15th of April, uh, which would be tomorrow at 7:22 a.m. in the morning. So there's kind of a good overlap. Um, okay. It also is a good program for lay people. I put I put together for ICCFA a condensed version of the program. The program lasts two hours, uh, but I put together a 20-minute version of the thing. 
the funeral directors, many, many, many funeral directors across this country have given that program at Rotary and Kiwanis and church groups. And um, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, a clear, the program is a, is really gives a message not just of history, but it gives a, a, a side message of the value of ritual and ceremony uh, when someone dies. Uh, so it, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it, and um, it's it's kind of a juxtaposition because I told um, the powers to be at ICCFA when I looked at the convention rundown, it seems as if my program was in the dark ages. It was like something uh, everybody else was 144 years into the future, and mine's 144 years in the past. But I think it's wise that we hold on to the history of our profession as as we move into the future. Absolutely. And and yeah, as you as you said, Todd, not only does it uh are you showcasing one of the most famous presidents of the US, but but also that was almost the birth of modern day funeral service with with the with embalming happening, you know, started just around that time and um, well, and Lincoln also, you know, Lincoln Lincoln himself loved to, to go to funerals. This is a little-known side of his life. He he was a great funeral attender, not only because he wanted to uh, show his condolences to families in Washington, D.C., but he also found that it was an outstanding social mechanism in politicking and campaigning because at Awake, he had an instantaneous audience. Uh, the, you know, they didn't have to organize a rally. They didn't have, you know, he just show up at a wake, and there's, you know, a hundred people in the house, and he would go shake hands. He also was um, a tremendous believer and supporter, and did this in action of the value of embalming. Uh, he is the man that uh, that charged the quartermaster's corps. Uh, to come up uh, with this method of uh, preservation so that bodies could be sent back uh, home uh, from wartime uh, for funerals weeks after the death had occurred. And this, of course, was uh, stimulated when Elmer Ellsworth was shot right at the beginning of the war, and Lincoln had his body involved. And Lincoln was absolutely uh, marveled and stunned at the... Uh, the uh, skill and how well this uh, this uh, this remains appeared, and uh, and so he he really was the man who pushed this uh, for the Civil War embalming surgeon uh, movement, and then also he was the man who uh, put forth the legislation for the National Cemetery movement, uh, which is still alive and well, you know, to this very day. And Todd, one um, interesting thing that uh, that I learned when uh, when we met a couple years ago in in Springfield, Illinois, and and I went to uh, see Lincoln's tomb and and went to the uh, the Funeral Customs Museum, is that um, that he was actually interred a number of times and had a number of different ceremonies. What what are kind of the um, the facts and numbers on on his um, well for on some, his funeral? For some particular reason. He didn't rest in peace very well. And I think it was more of a Victorian kind of obsession with the subject of death. 
uh, uh, Victorians were as interested in death as we are today interested in sex. Uh, sex was the taboo subject in Lincoln's time. Uh, death was not a taboo subject at all. Now, uh, 140 years later, these two subjects have utterly flip-flopped. Uh, <laughs> today, death is the taboo and sex. You know, mind you, let me just have a magazine after magazine on, on sexual activity, and which is okay. I mean, I'm not a prude about it, but I, I certainly think... Uh, and, but, but they were preoccupied with Lincoln uh, because they apostatized him. They, they made him a saint in the Victorian period. And saints uh, don't rest easy. Uh, saints' bodies have historically been moved and, and uh, you know, when, you know, moved and moved to this church, to that church, under this altar, over here. You know, the Vatican's got Pope uh, John the Twenty Third up now. Uh, you know, he died in 1963, I think. Um, and his body's now on display in the in the Vatican in the Basilica. So there was this obsession with Lincoln. Um, they it was poorly thought out. There was this, and they just seemed to be hooked on on moving him uh, and opening up the casket and taking a look at it. Now that wasn't today. That's a very morbid activity. But in the Victorian period, that was not morbid at all. Ralph Waldo Emerson uh, went to Mount Auburn Cemetery and had his wife's casket opened on a number of occasions. Lincoln himself went to Oak, Oak uh, Hill Cemetery in Georgetown and had his son Willie's casket open. His people were, uh, they were amazed that these bodies were almost incorruptible. They didn't, they weren't decomposing the way that they were used to for thousands of years. The, the embalming, they used uh, heavy metals, which are outlawed today. But the, these were these were excellent preservatives. Now, then the the the, the real the kicker on the Lincoln story was on November eighth of eighteen seventy six, when they tried to rob his grave. They actually had his his body out of the sarcophagus and was taking it out of the tomb when the Pinkerton detective agencies foiled the plot. Well, <laughs> that then added for another 25 years of moving his body from, you know, to shallow graves, to new tombs, to temporary tombs. Then they had to rebuild the monument. They had to rebuild the whole Lincoln Monument there at Oak Ridge. Uh, and so they finally, finally... On September 26, 1901, um, he was finally interred um, under um, in a steel steel cage and uh, encased in, in ten tons of concrete. Uh, so, yeah, it, no other president has been fiddled with as much as Lincoln's body was. Um, it was just a sign of the times. I think it was this. And I think there was a morbid curiosity with some of the leaders in Springfield um, of um, uh, being uh, connected to Lincoln uh, way after his death. Um, it's, it's kind of a, a bizarre story, uh, but but nonetheless, they moved him 13 times. Wow. Um, yeah, between 1865 and 1901, he was moved 13 times. Wow. 
Well, I'm sure that uh, you know it's just probably good for for all of us to um, to see and and to listen to your presentation and and as you said, you know this is stuff that uh, then the funeral directors and the cemeterians can can take and and uh, you know use at um, you know as you said at Rotary and and other things so that we don't um, so death isn't such a taboo subject nowadays and. Well, the, the thing, the the the, the, the public relations uh, value of it, and and I don't want this to sound in any way self-serving at all, but there is a public relations value to it because number one, the story is very very interesting to Archie Needed Bunker. They they even people that don't like history find this story compelling, and while you're telling the story. What you're also doing is communicating to Archie and Edith Bunker the value of saying goodbye, the value of rituals and ceremonies surrounding our dead. And if ever there's a time that we need to remind Archie and Edith Bunker about the value of leave-taking, saying goodbye, closure, rituals, and ceremonies, it's in 2009. So we have a story that happened in 1865 that goes to the heart and soul of what funeral service is all about. And so what I have found is funeral directors appreciate it because they're able to talk about the funeral in an entertaining way without saying, oh, you know, oh, you better prearrange your funeral so your kids don't have to worry about it because it will be just a bloody mess after you're dead. You know, I think this is a much safer way to communicate the value of the funeral and to use the voice of God and doom and gloom stuff. Um, and so, uh, you know, the funeral directors have done well with it, and, and, and I applaud them for the ones that have taken it out on the road. Well, that's great. Well, Todd, I, I look forward to seeing you uh, at, the, at the convention uh, I'm presenting as well, um, and uh, you helped me Last summer, when when I was working on my uh, strategic thinking program for uh, f- for funeral professionals, and uh, what uh, the folks at ICCFA have me doing this year is actually providing a condensed version of that um, of that four module course, and we're calling it uh, "What's Your Strategy?" and 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 what that is is just a um, a hands on workshop, and what we're going to do there. Is take uh, take the attendees through um, four four steps of um, kind of the strategic planning, strategic analysis process. And first, we'll go from the kind of the ten thousand foot overview and and uh, just look at uh, the environment. Uh, we'll be talking a little bit about um, the economy, but also other things like regulations and and demographics and and uh, just society in general. And then we drill down a little bit further, and we we talk about uh, the competitiveness of the industry, and and this kind of goes beyond just the funeral home or the cemetery down the street. This includes some of the the new people that are entering funeral service and and kind of taking away some of our business, and that could include hotels and uh, churches, golf courses, yacht clubs, that type of thing. And and we do talk about uh, your your rivals as well, and and then finally we'll get to uh, just looking at uh, looking in the mirror 
and looking at where our strengths are, where our weaknesses and what is out there that threatens us, but where our opportunities are. And after we've done that, we'll, um, uh, we'll use the worksheets that are provided and we're going to talk about, uh, how to differentiate yourself and some of the different ways that you can harness, uh, those, those three steps and harness then the internet and, and other marketing tactics of, of getting your message out there and, and just really showing your uniqueness and your, and your difference. So, um, it, uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be a, a packed, uh, two hour presentation as well, but, uh, but I think it'll be good and, and, um, just to kind of get people jump started on their, on their strategy. Well, you have a good balance, Rob, on this stuff. You've got a good balance of the technology, uh, and you've been able to retain your soul as a general director in your heart with this work. And uh, it's very important that you, uh, you know, pursue it. I don't understand everything that you do, uh, but when I read what you've written and see the programs that you come up with, it always has a, a, a good um, evidence that you are still thinking uh, uh, as a, as a person who loves funeral service, and and this is we we need this these days, you know. Um, you know, things are moving pretty rapidly, and we, we need foundational thinking. And uh, in in uh, in concert with how rapidly the technology is changing, and uh, so um, I'll be anxious to see your program when uh, when we're out there. Well, great. Thanks a lot, Todd, and thanks uh, thanks for your kind words. And Todd, before before I let you go, um, I know that you've been involved with ICCFA for um, for quite some time, and and uh my my time is a lot shorter but um uh but i really i really feel when there's a there's a feeling there when you're at the convention um that there um it's kind of a leaning forward the the people there the exhibitors it's um you just it they're they're concerned about what's happening in uh you know today but also always looking at the future and how we can bring the bring use the past as our foundation, but make sure that we're totally geared for what's happening. And as you said, it's changing fast. And, um, and I think ICCFA is, um, is just, you just get this vibe when you're there. What do you, do you feel that when you're, when you're at the convention? Well, I felt that for some time, there was a time that I was, um, kind of serving, uh, two groups uh, in my career. Uh, and, uh, and eventually what I found was that ICCFA, which which we always need to be candid, you know, uh, for years was the American Cemetery Association. So you had this historic um, um, divide between cemeterians and funeral directors. This was a historical uh, truth. I mean, anybody in, that spent any time in funeral service can well remember that divide. ICCFA uh, made the courageous step of dumping American Cemetery Association and went with the International Cemetery and Funeral Association. I was at the meeting in San Francisco when Fred Miller and Arlie Davenport came up with this proposal, 
And what I saw in my work with ICCFA has been very rewarding. And the reason it's been rewarding is that they, they I think for, uh, for a guy like me, I'm always looking for unity within our diversity. I'm not looking for an exclusive club uh, where it's a mutual admiration society. I, I've, I've been that route, and it just was, um, it just was so limiting because ICCFA, uh, even though I might not agree with some of the things that are presented, uh, at least I'm talking with people that come from all walks of the deaf care profession. Um, I, I've even had great conversations with grave diggers uh, that have been sent to ICCFA. Uh, and I've learned a lot from grave diggers uh, just by, and, and, you know, what other uh, association offers uh, grave diggers a membership, um, you know, in, in, um, uh, in the group. So I found, yes, them, they have been... Um, They've been humble, <clears throat> which is a highly attractive trait. They've been mighty interested in in learning as much as they can about funeral service and embalming and caskets and burial vaults. And they've been, I have found them almost exclusively wanting to hold the olive branch out to everyone who has a vested interest in the future of this line of work, whether it's a monument dealer or the grave digger or the embalming chemical manufacturer or the vault plant guy or the undertaker or whoever. Uh, they don't seem to have the, the idea that someone's superior to someone else, which I find at, after 41 years in this line of work, I find that absolutely refreshing. And liberating. Now that position has gotten me into some trouble over the years, but I know in my heart that it's um, for me, for me, and for many others. Now it's it's the right place to be. Well, and and Todd, the great thing is is that we're we're dealing with the the cemeterians, the the crema, crematory operators, and the funeral directors. We're all we're dealing with the same people, and and even the the monument dealers and. And so why wouldn't we all kind of work together and, and go shoulder to shoulder and, and, you know, because we're, we're dealing with the same people and, and that customer doesn't really change whether they're in the funeral home or in the cemetery. Uh, they're there for slightly different reasons, but, um, but we have the same challenges and, and whether it's, uh, changes in, in, in the trends, uh, Changes in society, they're going to, if they're affecting the funeral home, they're going to affect the cemetery and, and the crematories well, as well. When I read the first Worthland study, and then when I read the last Worthland study, over the last, how many years of that, 15 years they've been coming out with this study, and when I first read that the American public clearly sees no difference between a funeral director and a cemetery. In their minds, it's all one. And I thought, I sat back in my chair and I just started to laugh at, at myself as to how much time and energy and resources each group has spent over the last 40 years defending their own territories. 
when in reality the people that have the money and the problems that need to be solved when somebody dies or somebody's going to die to them it's superfluous it, 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 it isn't an issue and so that's why I was attracted to what I thought or saw as the as the movement of homogenization uh, that ICCFA uh, offered that that I found lacking in many of the other um, of the other groups and uh, not that they're not wonderful people um, but their vision is just different and um, I feel like ICCFA has um, a better handle upon the future um, and uh, and that's why I have worked with them for the last um, well I, I think this will be the 15th year I've run the manager school at the university uh, so it's been a long and fruitful um, uh, relationship well that's great well, hey Todd, I uh, I really look forward to uh, to seeing you down in in Vegas next week, and um, hopefully we get to spend a little bit of time together. Uh, one thing that I usually this little interview is a bit more bit more formal, but uh, I also know that you're involved with uh, Tom and Jake, uh, the folks at Johnson Consulting, and uh, one of the things that I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be having our uh, the video camera there and and conducting some more uh, video interviews for for the funeralgurus.com website and uh, I'm sure you're going to be uh, hanging out there at, at the booth a bit with um, with Jake and and, uh, and that's where we're going to be stationed to do a few interviews too so we might even get we might even get you on camera oh well <laughs> well you, you might find it a more attractive subject uh, but if you want me to help you I'll be happy to <laughs> well that, that's going to be great Todd Hey, Todd, I really appreciate uh, your time today, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, Rob. Take care, buddy. You bet. I'd like to thank Todd Van Beck, who's going to be speaking on the assassination and funeral of Abraham Lincoln at this year's ICCFA annual convention that is going to be held in Las Vegas, Nevada, from April 20th to 23rd. For more information and registration details, visit iccfa.com. Check back soon for another ICCFA pre-convention interview. And on behalf of the thefuneralgurus.com, this is Robin Heppel.